Welcome back to the Weekend Warrior Show Recap Podcast. I'm Ty from the Unemployed Architects. Today I'm sitting down with Kendrick Coates. Uh, second time that you've been a guest on the on the podcast. So we were actually just playing some music and uh, you were telling me that uh, you you aren't able to practice quite as much. So what's, what's, yeah, what, why is that? There's, I mean, it's been great during the pandemic. It was something to do, but I think towards, I, I hope we're kind of moving towards the... End. end of all of this um life has gotten back to somewhat normal and so activities have picked up and so as far as practicing vocals i just life's gotten on the way of getting involved in different things and so not able to do it as much as i could do okay. you still play guitar a fair amount or do yeah you, you just yeah kinda... i usually play guitar maybe once or twice a week and i just kind of go through the same eight songs that i know well yeah i think that's always a good method i think some people when they're playing they you know just want to learn something new every time and then nothing really sticks to them ever so it's Mm. good to go over the things that you're good at first and then kind of and i could tell you've got i mean you can play those bar chords that's that's you know that's just getting getting there it's definitely a step (laughs) in the right direction for sure and uh Anyway, and you were showing me Harry Styles' song. What Harry, uh, Harry Styles' the Adorn song? There's just I, I've got I went through the down the rabbit hole of looking for acoustic covers on YouTube, and I found Harry Styles. And I think people had talked about him, but I was like, I mean, I didn't well, really I think have, he's, isn't he from a different band? Was he one of I the? I don't know. I know he's with a. I don't know. If, oh, he's with a like band, but I don't a, know if he was. I think he had like. A, I'm just gonna look it up because if I don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember, but I know, like, oops. oh, there's... Yeah, I was playing that Willow. song, so, uh, the Meet Me at Our Spot song, that's a new one. But I don't know if he was with anybody else, I know for the NPR... I he had One Direction, that's what I was thinking. God, I knew it was like I kind of know. a boy band yeah. type thing, and, uh, he's been, I mean, he, he performed on SNL with this band, and it had more of a rock kind of... Yeah. And I, I thought it was cooler than I would have expected, but, um... Yeah, so Harry Styles from One Direction. But uh, anyway. <laughs> Never knew. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what else have you been listening to? Anything? Harry Styles. Um, and there's another artist that I found, Maggie Rogers, which she's kind of like, there's a folk influence. And I think I was telling you about how I found her was, they st- Pharrell was doing some type of, Inner, inner I, I, I've, I've seen that before you told me about it yeah. and i didn't put it together that they were that was who it was that you were telling me about till way yeah. later but go ahead sorry and she he was the one that was they were at the school of music or whatever it was called and maggie was up and she started playing the song and pharrell's just kind of sitting in his chair kind of like stoic not trying to give his emotions away but he was like yo this is this is unique there's nothing out like you and was it was one of the things he said like I don't really have much I can coach you yeah, on because yeah, <laughs> yeah so she I, pretty much hit it out the park and yeah. I think the song's called Alaska and it's it's got like a, a a groovy vibey feel to it but her background was I believe in folk yeah. was was her background and then she kind of started developing and t- trying Branching out different out. things yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's cool well, the you, other you, person. Um, Ben Howard's another one oh, that I like I've gotten him. into yeah. him. I've tried he, to learn some of his songs, but he's just like... Yeah, he's, he's got real crazy fingers. Yeah. And he does weird barring with like his pinky, and he's always in like open tuning, which makes things... The, yeah. Like, he has uh, one song by him I like a lot. It's called One Love. You know that one? I've heard that one, yeah. Um, or Only Love. I'm sorry. Only Love. That's, like, that's one of my favorites. There's a live performance on... 
some radio station mm-hmm. and uh, it's, a, it's it's a really cool cool sound uh and he has a lot of just like solid songs i wouldn't say that they're like my favorite by any means but there's some that really stick out and then there everything else is good i mean yeah. it's not like um it's not like every song of his blows me away but you can put him on and you're just like oh this is always right. you're it's always gonna get chill. something pretty solid it's not gonna be um you're not gonna hear very many bad songs right. which is i think that's a that's a tough thing to do as as a as a musician has come to like songs that you know everything you're putting out is is at least better than average mm-hmm. i feel like that that's that's a tough spot kind of like uh chris brown I, chris brown has been making music for it seems like 150 years and i don't think he's missed on a song like every single one of his songs there are some songs i like better than others but chris brown is just you can see just his evolution as an artist and where he is now and everything is just solid his his production the the way he's grown the way he develops it, it's 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 all good i'm not as familiar with chris brown but might have to start playing those at yourself yeah i should probably there's a lot of <laughs> you know it's funny i uh i play i play four hour sets a lot five four yeah. five i could i could pl- cover five hours of music some i could probably if i really stretch maybe six if i like really really did some deep cuts of the covers and all my originals and all that stuff but no matter what, it never fails. At every show I play, there's somebody that's like, hey, can you play this song? And I'm like, nope. <laughs> Just like, you know, airball. Like, yeah. you know, I and I try to I try to mix up my set list. It's not like I stick to one genre specific, but it's so hard to just do every you can't you can't cover every song some people can you know some people can just be like oh i heard that song once let me give it a shot Mm -hmm. and uh i'm not that i I have to spend months and months to learn songs like it takes me uh, a long time so it's 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 funny to that that happens still like all the time that was at um crafted that one night the older gentleman he's like hey can you play and you're like no, but I got. I think I think you played Elvis, right? So I played something like similar, similar, either similar era or similar genre. Yeah. But you know, there's so many misses that I have in my. And I mean, part of that's the. You know, I like what I like. I'm kind of. You know, I'm not. I wish I was a little more open-minded in music, but you can't really force that. You know, mm-hmm. you, whatever moves you, moves you. So uh, it's weird uh, that I, I get. I get so. I, and I'm a lot more broad than I used to be. But when I'm playing a lot of these, like, I play hits, you know, I play, like, for the, the, the covers, you know, I'm doing, like, if I play Tom Petty, I'm going to play the popular Tom Petty so- Tom Petty songs that everybody knows, because it's, like, how I look at covers, there's, like, uh, maybe three or four different uh, things. So, how easy is the song? So, that's one. Um, well, first is, do I love the song? If I love right. the song, then, yeah, I'll learn it. I'll spend... You know that because it's a big time, you know, time cost if you're uh, learning a tune. But all right, if I love the song, then yeah, I should I should learn it. I, but still, even then, it's like some songs I just like to listen to because if you you kind of ruin a song to listen if you spend so much time learning it and True. then playing it over. Like there are songs that I still really like to play, but you know I don't really listen to them as much as I used to because I've just worn them out. So that's something to think about. Uh, the second thing, how easy is the song? Can I learn it quickly? Are there a lot of lyrics to memorize? I'm not an iPad guy. So iPad guy. I, I sit and I have to memorize words. So I mean, if it's pages and pages of words, you know, it's pretty daunting. <laughs> so there, there, you know, that that's a factor. 
uh, the other factor, do people people know this song? Not just one random guy one. in a bar. Like, uh, you know, if I play this song, what's my reward from the audience? Like, is it is it mass appeal? And I'm not saying I don't do deep cuts once in a while, but a lot of the deep cuts, cuts are the ones that I, like, really enjoy. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to spend the time on the ones that, you know, I actually like. And I like Tom Petty a ton, but it's like I could, and I, you know, I... I I do what's called the Tom Pedley, or what we call it's like ten Tom Petty songs. Yeah. But he has so many hits that are just my favorite songs already, you know. So I don't really have to do as much of a deep dive. But um, and then the other thing would be, you know, the genre. It's just like, is it something a little bit out of, you know, what I'm already doing? You know, is it a good thing that I cover ten Tom Petty songs? I don't, you know, I could, <laughs> I could have maybe spread that out a little bit from other songs of the, or other artists of the era, but you know, I really like Tom Petty, so I don't know. <laughs> That's just kind of how I look at it. How how how, how long it's going to take me to actually learn the song? It's a big time investment. So it's, there's a lot of time. I mean, even even when you think about playing a song, I remember back when I first started playing guitar the very first song that i tried to play was dave matthews number 41 <laughs> yeah and it probably wasn't the best beginners but i i don't know i the first one i ever learned by the same artist was called satellite and it's yeah. like this crazy that finger crazy one and uh i i looked up the tabs and i was like uh uh i could probably figure this out like some one of my buddies eric davis shout out eric davis he 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 had been playing guitar like maybe a few months longer than I had or a year longer than I had and he was showing me how to read tabs and I had this old guitar in my, and I learned the song using all one finger <laughs> to do it which you know is a pretty common thing I teach guitar so it's like not like something that sounds silly you know I, it's funny to think about from my perspective because it's like of course you're going to use all your fingers. You never see a guy playing guitar that's just like, <laughs> you know. But you, you're not knowing what you're looking at when you have no, like... Right. But anyway, uh, <laughs> and uh, that definitely wasn't the song that you, I should have started with. But it's the song that I wanted to play, you know. So with number 41, it's like, yeah, it may not have been the best, but it got the guitar in your hands, True. which is... You know, which makes it the best song. There's that song, so number 41, and then I tried to learn Craig David, Seven Days. You remember that song? I don't. It's like an R&B. I don't remember it's that It's kind one. of like, um, on day one, took you to a da-da-da-da-da. I can't remember the lyrics <laughs> off the top of my head. But, but that was the second one, and I, I started looking at all these tutorials, and it was just like hours and hours and hours of going through these tutorials, and then I was just like, you know what, let me learn something easy. So I think I learned... Um, Kings of Leon, uh, I, I can't remember the song. See, I, I'm terrible at memory. <laughs> but I, it was just an easy, there was an A chord, a G, I think an E in there. There was like four chords in there. Right. But Which is, to you your know. point of like, how much, if you're going to have to spend all this time learning a song and then you have other things to do during the week, like, is it really a great in return on your investment? Probably not if you have to spend six hours trying to learn a song. Yeah. And, and the lyrics. And it's a different thing because it's not like I just have to be able to kind of play the song. It's like I have to, like, know it, you know? I mean, not that I, <laughs> I, I've i never, like, guessed a song a little bit live, but, I mean... I like to have a good grant. Like the first time I've played it, I probably put in like out like fifteen hours or something crazy yeah. to kind of get it there. So it's like it, that. That it's just a. But again, never fails. I I and I usually my response usually is ah, I can only cover like five hours of music. So if it's not in that, 
you know, because it, it's kind of, I don't know if it's a, I'm not trying to be like a dick or anything, but it's like, I want the person to know that like, you know, I put a lot of time into the songs that I know, and I know a lot of songs, but I'm I'm sorry that it's not, your, your pick is not one of the, you know, 200 that I know, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I don't know. It's just a, It's just a weird, it always happens. I wish I had something better to say, but it's like, I, I hate to say no, you know. Like, no, I don't know that one. Hey, um, just tell them, tell them, follow you on social media, inbox you the song that you that uh, they want to hear. There you Boom, go. so now you have a little plug. New get you, exactly, man, <laughs> exactly. So, you know what, I can't play that song, but hey, shoot me an instant, follow me on Instagram, shoot me the message of songs that you want to hear, idea. so next time I'm here, bam. So then but then, plug. But then I, you know, when I fail to learn the song. That they, <laughs> then that's on you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, so what I'm saying is to put... To, that puts a lot of pressure on me to feel like I have to do something. But what I should say is, I'll, I'll you just inbox me the song, give it a listen. That's what I should say. Because um, then no pressure, no, no, yeah, no, no uh, risk there. I, just to listen to a song. Yeah. But you know, nine times out of ten, they're not even going to do that anyway. So, but Fair it enough. is a nice kind of positive response, which is something I'm, you know, I I think about. Like I I want to, you know, I don't want to put. Like it's not like a negative spin on anything when I'm talking to somebody for the first time, you know, out as, you know, a musician, like trying to get people to, you know, and if I can play something similar, you know, that's always a good like, oh, I can't play that, but I can do this, which is kind of uh, at least uh, bridges the gap a little bit. I don't know, but true. Anyway, so you're eating some turk. Was it chili? What kind Man, of chili? I tell you what, that chili... That might have been my best batch I've made. <laughs> so, so, so what I made is a um, every single week I make sweet potato chili, and I don't eat meat besides salmon maybe once or twice a week, and so I chop up my sweet potatoes, and it's just I mean it's similar to how most people make their chili. I just substitute it with sweet potatoes, and like I said, anything. So I'm, you substitute like the ground beef part yeah. with the sweet potatoes. Yep. And it's smelled very good. So yeah, Kendrick, when he got here, we were setting everything up. And he's like, "Oh, I brought some chili. I'm gonna eat real quick." <laughs> and that's not like the typical thing somebody brings like for a snack. No, no, no. Like I was telling Lo, I was like, people make fun of me because if I travel away from home or from, I'm gone for a couple hours, I'm taking my water, and I'm usually taking something to eat. Yeah, I'm pretty ridiculous with my <laughs> the jug. Yeah, yeah. My my mine's like a weird because you can't like hide this giant jug of water, right? People see it. They, they, I feel like sometimes they think it's like some weird flex. Like, yeah, I'm trying to. I don't know what they think. It, it's always awkward. And then you get people that are like, "Oh, do you drink that every day?" And I'm like, "I mean, I try. I don't really succeed a lot." Yeah, right. <laughs> but I, yeah, you know, I don't like using plastic bottles and like uh, the, you know, over and over. Like, drink one, throw one away, or in the recycle, drink one, recycle. So I just use reuse this jug. You know, I still contributing to pollution to an extent because i usually don't use them for you know too long you know maybe a couple weeks or something but i and you know you see your goal and you see where you're at with it and it gives you something to kind of strive for you know and you can visit it's like a visible recognition like i need to i need to get on and drinking more water it's tough man especially like if you're ripping and running or even if you're playing at a show like how much time in between sets or songs do you have time to actually well and it's a big thing with singing i mean obviously you got to have your vocal cords hydrated uh so that's another thing i don't, I don't know if people are thinking uh, like 
I'm like some tough guy, like bodybuilder kind of guy with trying to get his hydration in. Or if they're, if they're, they probably don't look at me and say, "Oh, he's probably a singer." I don't. I don't. You're think, one of the bros. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I think that's more. You're the, the bro club. The the vibe that they get when they see me, and then I'm like embarrassed a little, but I just don't care. Ultimately, I just like. I rolled my eyes a little, like, okay, well, you could have just not... It's something to talk about. People love to have something to talk about, I guess. But, true, true. But, uh, I don't know. It's kind of silly. I understand that it's silly. I do a lot of things that are maybe a little stupid. But. I mean, I, I carry around my little... It's called a uh, Bubba Jug. And is it it's like a giant a, one? It, it's big enough people notice it. Right. So I can't, like, put it in my backpack. But, but it's, like, it's like carrying around a, a gallon of water. There's something different about a gallon, though. I don't know what it is. I mean, even if it's like a, I don't know, if if yours is so big that it can hold a gallon, because how, how big is it? I think it's a half a gallon. Okay. So, I mean. I mean, it's big enough. Somebody at work asked me, he's like, hey, man, what do you have in that jug? Do you bring coffee? And I was like, man, if you're drinking a half a gallon of coffee a day, I'm like, bro. like, <laughs> But it's just, it's just water. Right. I, I get the, you know, I don't really drink. So, uh, people always ask to like at shows, they're like, can I buy you a drink? I'm like, no, like, you want it water or something? I'm like, no, nah, I got my jug. And then they're like, is, is that just water? And I'm like, uh, no, it's moonshine. Like, what? <laughs> a gallon of moonshine? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know what, uh, I never know what to say in those situations. I'm so awkward sometimes, but I try to keep it light, try to keep it fun. I'm not the, so, socially, I'm not, I would, I'm no expert on how to interact with people. I'm getting better. That's like, Dude, I'm the same. I'm the same way. Like there would be situations. I think I told. I was at the library the other day, and I told this joke to the guy sitting behind the counter, and it just like. He didn't get it, and that might be the age difference because I think he's like, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, and I told a joke, you know, around our age, right. and he's like, huh, and so. There are times in in situations where I can be kind of awkward, but, but you 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 I feel like you make an active effort to like go and talk to people, and that's like your personality. I don't have that gene. I'd probably if I wasn't a musician, I would probably only have conversations like this, which I'm way more comfortable in like a one on one with the you know a good friend or mm -hmm. small group of people that I've known forever. We plenty to talk about always. I always have probably too much to say. People have a tough time shutting me up, but you put me in a situation like out at a bar or something like mm -hmm. that. Especially if I'm if I'm a musician, at least I have something to talk about. <laughs> but right. you know, if I'm just at a social event, like I just like do not feel comfortable. I I immediately am looking at the door, like how can I get <laughs> out of here? And uh, I don't know what that is. I think I mean. You know, you read the thing like, oh, I'm introverted and all, oh, I'm extroverted and all that. So yeah. obviously, I think I would be on the introverted side of things. I don't have that like, go out and talk to everybody. And I don't know. I wish I had that. Right. To it's an kind extent. of similar to you ever get invited to graduation parties. And I always, I always feel no matter whose graduation party I go to, it is just always weird because there's a lot of people that you don't typically. In my experience, there's people that. I don't know, and I'm like, man, I, do I want to really socialize today, or do I just want to, you know, meet, greet, say, hey, I made it to your graduation party, give them the card, and then leave. Typically, that's my mindset going in. Is like if I get invited to a graduation party, who's graduating? That you're go you're talking about when you're younger. Or no, when, when are you going to graduation? That's a, good, that's a good, good question. So, so when I was coaching athletes, okay. I'd get invited to graduation parties, and no disrespect to any of the athletes that i that i coach it was just 
I'm very shy. There's a there's a shy side to me. So when I went to the graduation parties, I'm like, okay, can I find Joe Schmo, give him his card, say hey to his parents, stay for five or ten minutes, and then leave? Just because it was uh, that was an awkward situation yeah. for me because I didn't, I, you know, a lot of people I don't know. So similar to to you, how you said, you know, if there wasn't any music to talk about, you'd be like kind of in this space where it's one on one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I've been I, in many situations that are awkward, but. I don't know. You, it seems like you have that gear, though. I don't know that I have that gear, even. Like, I, I mean, I I can really, really force myself, but usually, like, I'll do the exact thing you're saying. I would, I, I'm very, like, I, I have a goal. I'm going to go to this party. I'm going to drop off this thing. I'm going to say hey to three people. Then I'm going to get out of there. There'd be nothing that would stop me from doing that. <laughs> as soon as I make that decision, there would be no side conversations it would be like if somebody tried to talk to me, I'd be trying to be looking at the door, like tr- yeah. like I said, trying to get out of there. I just I wish I was better at like, but I don't know if that's just a lot of times my mentality. I have this like weird hyper focused mind where I like if I set a goal like that to get in and out, that's what I'm gonna do, mm-hmm. and that's not like I don't think that's how people normally are. I feel like you know they just kind of roll with it. I don't know. I, I'd be, you'd be. I, I'm sure there are probably a lot more people that kind of have that anxiousness, um, yeah. but they just don't speak about it. So we probably don't know about it. Yeah. But, I mean, I know a lot of people do have that, but I don't know. It's weird being a musician and having it because it's like part of there. there there's like a a pol- I don't want to say political, but there is a little bit of like you're you know you're you're putting out something. You know, you're yeah. putting out a. You're playing the music, which I'm. That part can do just fine. You know, I can I can go. I sometimes I do a thing where I won't take a break at a show because there's a lot of people there, and I feel like I'm gonna have to talk to people, and I don't know how I'm gonna do with it. So I'll just stay on stage for three hours straight. I did that the other night, uh, Friday night at a show at Golden Fox Brewing in Decatur, and. Uh, I played for three and a half hours without taking a break, just straight Uh-oh. through. And a lot of the songs I did were medleys, so it was like I'd start one and I'd do four to ten songs like in a row right after it. And uh, you know, I don't even give the crowd a t- time to <laughs> react. So I don't know. There's something weird in my in my brain where it's like I, I don't know if that's a good thing. You know, I, I feel like people like it when you go out and talk to them and like uh, have have like a. Even if it's just you know those generic questions, I, I get a little burnt out of the b- generic kind of mm-hmm. you know small talk stuff pretty quick, and I I'm better at it than I used to be because I used to just not even acknowledge that that was even an option, and people would talk to me, and I'd just be like a deer in the headlights most of the right. time, and then I I always do the thing where you know I'll, I'll be like oh what was your name, and, and they tell me and forgot. Just forgot. They said it two seconds ago. And, you know, and as somebody who's a musician trying to book themselves at shows all the time is like, that'd be a good skill to have would be to be able to remember somebody's name Mm -hmm. because, you know, you talk to like a promoter or something like that. And the next time you see them, if you're like, oh, hey, Dave, you know, you go up and you talk to them and, you know, you have a little rapport, you know, you have a better chance of maybe being invited to... Uh, maybe uh, an event they're putting on, you know, to to perform or something. But I don't know. I there's just, just don't I mean, there's just so much I, nowadays, in in especially pre, post pandemic or if, if you want to, yeah, 
but I, I think there's just so much pressure on everybody, whether you're introvert, extrovert, ambivert. I definitely noticed that right after, like it may be in the middle, like after the shutdown, but then maybe a few months after that, there was a couple times I'd go hang out with some friends and it seemed like there were so many lulls in the conversation. Like people forgot how to talk to each other. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. It seemed like it was everywhere. It wasn't just like, like I'm bad to begin with, but seem like the people that are usually like solid at it kind of lost a little bit mm. of that because you're so isolated. It's such There's a weird. My, one of my friends is a, he's a teacher and he's, he teaches K through fifth grade and he's just kind of described this evolution of actually seeing the kids pre-COVID to where now a lot of the kids went online and so they're in front of computer screens for, we'll just say, four to six hours a day. And then now that kids are back in, this, in school, he said that he almost gets more of a respond and more focus when there is a, like a screen involved into like their activities that they're doing. He's like, man, this is kind of crazy to see that I was teaching before and there wasn't much technology and now kids are almost paying attention more with the technology versus not having it, which is kind of like, I think as a whole, not even just grade school, but even adults, you see it more to where people now don't want to go out. Or I shouldn't say all people, but there's a lot of people that would rather just stay home now because we've been in this for two years. And it's like, now I actually have that pressure of having to go out and actually socialize with people. So to hit back on your point of like having this pressure of being at shows and wanting to talk to people or having the need or, or feel like you need to talk to people. On the flip side of that, there are people that are just staying at home because they don't want to talk to anybody. Yeah. And again, that's not everybody. There's, I'm sure there's still a lot of people that are going out and doing what they do. But I, I think that's one of the biggest things with this pandemic is it changed, it, it has changed from what I've seen, how a lot of people communicate now. And I'm an in-person type of guy um, some people will text me and I just it, it's almost like a a chore sometimes to text especially if there's a full blown out conversation like yeah. I'd much rather be I don't ever person. I don't ever do the full full conversation it's I mean hard, sometimes man. big D because that's the only way I can talk to him <laughs> but uh I don't know. I mean, but still, I would catch him on the phone. We'd talk for an hour, hour and a mm -hmm. half, which I, I've been told by, uh, you know, Steve Holcomb. Yeah. Uh, he was telling me one time that, like, when I call, he gets a little bit, he doesn't always answer, and he gets, like, a little bit of anxiety because he knows it's going to be, like, you know, a 30-minute to <laughs> hour-long conversation. So yeah. it's, like, that's a lot to ask of somebody. Not that I do it intentionally or, like, that I'm aware of it but that's just you know i'd much rather talk on the phone than just do texting but a lot of people especially nowadays i think uh will, will lean on the, the text part of thing because you know it, it's it's not as much of an undertaking to have like a even just a phone call which is, is still not in person which you know i still feel like i do prefer even that right it's it's i think it's just tough on everybody we're I would say, me personally, I'm at the point where I, like, going to the gym is something that, that's part of my routine. So even when I go to the gym, there's a guy that I talk, talk to, um, his name's Todd, love him to death. And a lot of times we're talking about investing. Hey, where's your 401k at? Hey, what kind of investments are you making in the stock market? Where are your index funds? And so I think it was, it may have been actually last week. And I had my, my mind was set on the gym. I'm like, I'm going to do this, 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 
not going to let anybody interrupt me. And I saw him and I was like, ah, man, I was kind of torn between like, do I really want to focus on the workout or talk to him? And I was like, you know what? It's more valuable to have this conversation with him because I can come back to the gym tomorrow. I may not see him again. And that's kind of where my mind is a lot of times with just friends and family is like, I'm going to make that extra effort in communicating. But you do get something out of it. I mean, there's, yeah, it's, that's not, the other thing it's not like, you know, because you're not working out, you're getting nothing done. There is something, like, even after this conversation, you know, I'll feel probably good, a little bit better for the whole rest of the day because, you know, we talked, we connected. It's a mm. good, it's just a healthy mental thing, I think, to connect with somebody. And uh, I don't know. I think I think there is some value to that, whether... You know, I think a lot of times I ignore that a little bit. But I do notice, like, if I do have one of those hour-and-a-half-long conversations with Big D or Steve or whoever mm. on the phone, it's like there is, like, a little bit of tension release in my overall just being. Mm. You know what I mean? Just a little bit of stress relief. 100%. You make a you make a good point. And there is, I don't know if I told you, last year, I think it was around January, February, I created a, a men's circle. So it's a virtual men's circle where men anywhere and everywhere can join into these Zoom calls and we just talk about things that us men go through. And last week, the last one that I had, I've uh, got a couple guys from Canada who hop on. Nice. Awesome guys. And he, this was the first time he was, when I first started these men's circles, he was the most stoic when, when he would come in. I was like, man, how do I, how do I get to this guy? Because he would just, just stoic demeanor. And yesterday, or not yesterday, but last Thursday, he kind of opened up that, you know, he's gone through PTSD, sexual abuse, suffers from depression, anxiety. And and when you say there's still a benefit, you know, when I go to the gym and have these conversations, or when you have the conversation with Big D or Steve, there is part of mental health as far as because we're social creatures and so we tap into socializing with one another it 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 kind of taps into a different area of our brain that that it is it's kind of a little bit of a dopamine response to where it's like ah that was really nice we got a solid conversation and just to feel that like connection like they you're heard yeah they are heard you are heard and you know maybe that's all it is really but mm -hmm. just that i feel like that's a some sort of boost in your mental health 100 so let's talk about the 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 men's uh what, what do you call it the, it's a men's social circle okay so what 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 uh inspired you to start doing that i think it was um i had i had started originally back in 2018 2019 where i was actually having a social circle but it was mainly women that were coming and women were coming and talking about things that they dealt with and sometimes even their own partners or spouses they were like okay how do i've got this going on and so the more and more i started tapping into it and then also i i don't know if i've ever mentioned this to you but just my six to seven years of actually going to therapy myself and i and i started having these conversations with my therapist and and how can i be of benefit to somebody else and it was already kind of in my mind to where I was going down this path of wanting to help in some way with mental health. And I just started this group. I didn't really know where it was going to go. The first session I had, I had this individual and we talked for an hour and 15 minutes about 
he wanted to talk about investments. I was like, okay, cool, that's what he needs. Um, but then as I started getting more men, I started seeing this trend of a lot of men wanted to talk about relationships. And they wanted to, in a way, they would say they wanted to talk about mental health, but they they were saying a whole lot of nothing. But I had to kind of pick through what they were actually saying. So it was like relationships and mental health is what they were wanting. So one connection I'm saying, or like I could see from that is, so you go to therapy, you pay, yeah. you pay the bill, you do all that, you get things out of it, mm-hmm. right? So the men's social uh, circle, they don't have to pay to get in. No. So, you know, they're, they're, they're actually benefiting probably from stuff you're learning in therapy and then spreading it kind of... Which is a cool idea yeah. in a way, because not not everybody has the access to get. Not that you're a, a professional or anything necessarily, but you're not obviously not yet, right? <laughs> but you're learning stuff in yeah. therapy, and then you can kind of you know g- give other people that same those same uh, things you're you're taking away from it. So that's kind of yeah, a cool idea. and it, and that's where I'm. I always like in the spaces that I'm in, especially around men, you know. In a way, because I've found that asking directly, hey, how's your mental health? Some men just don't know how to put those, that into words. It's just like as a, as a man or, or a boy coming up in our society, a lot of times we're not taught to feel what we feel. Yeah, I don't know that I got that lesson. I pretty much just tell everybody what all my problems right away. And I like I'm always like, it seems like I'm always complaining about something. But uh, you know, like or just get, try like like earlier when I was saying about the small talk. I'm not into the small talk, but we get going on death. Like I'll talk your ear off for you know two hours or something big, like big life things. I I'll get really really in depth with, and I think that has a lot to do with your mental health. Is like if you don't talk about the big things. You know that's that's still in there somewhere, yeah. kind of eating away at you if you're not expressing like what you're thinking about it, kind of. But I, I definitely know what you mean. But I mean, even you say expressing what you're feeling. So even even though you may feel like you're complaining or getting something off your chest, in a way that's still a positive way for you to get out what is on your chest or what's on your shoulders. Some people aren't in that space or comfortable to even hey, I'm dealing with this, or hey, I had a bad day or shitty day, like blah, 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 this, that, and the other. So, you know, some of the men, I have one specific guy who has been coming consistently, and it's been, I think, five months in that he's been consistent, and I think last month, I was like, hey, man, you got a new haircut, you got a date or something? And he started laughing, he's like, man, I got to say, like, through this journey of being in this men's circle, like, my confidence has increased, you know, I've I was talking to a girl, but I started to find that I need to level up to her because I was just kind of doing my thing, but she was up here and I was kind of down here expecting her to come meet me. But he was saying how this space of being around men who all have like this similar idea of growing and, and this forward thinking mentality of life has helped him with his confidence and just overall how he communicates. Yeah, I think communication is something I didn't value for a very, very long time because I don't know, you kind of just do it your way and you're you're in I don't know, you're kind of in your own box, your own world mm-hmm. and if you don't think about it ever, you know, you're not really going to get better at it and you know, you're only as good as the tools in your belt on it. So it's like, you know, I would write songs, I guess that would be my way and then Therapy. like I, yeah, I think there is some of that to it, but that's just like one tiny aspect, you know? It's like 
through doing the podcast in general and just like just think it's just a matter of thinking about it ultimately like you listen back to yourself and you're like well i could have done that better or you know maybe i say these words too much or i Mm -hmm. which you know i'm still very very guilty of a lot of those things but i never even had that second thought process like how a what's the vibe i'm putting off in general and b uh what tools do i have what tools do i lack what what could I even, you know, how could I get better? Mm-hmm. And not, if you don't have that thought process at all, ever, you're just kind of stuck, I feel like. You're, like, in in this, you know, just this closed circle that you can't, you're not going to expand from. And I feel like it's a very valuable tool to just, ha- like, even journaling. I think journaling, like, I don't really do it as much as I should. I used to, There, I went through a phase where I was doing it a lot. And to your point about saying, like, you know, having a conversation, getting stuff off your chest. That's what I felt like with the journaling. It's like you have this like crazy amount of just things going on in your brain that, uh, you know, are just always there. And they're, they're not, you don't go down a rabbit hole and follow a lot of them a lot of the times. You know, you, 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 they're just rattling around, rattling around. If you force yourself to sit down, write it down, you're forcing yourself to express it a very, like, in, in the way, and you follow the trail of, you know the where it takes you where the thought takes you instead of just having that superficial like oh i need to do this or oh i should do that or oh you know you have all these things uh rattling around that and they just stay up there just rattling but if you follow it you go you go like deep dive and you find you write two pages about it or something it's it is it's like a huge weight <laughs> because you, you know th- there's a lot more to that idea that's ro- rolling around up right. there so uh, everything around it to express it in a specific way, you know, is I I, I de- definitely felt value from just journaling. But then, you know, I get that through conversation as well, yeah. and I think that that's, you know, part of the benefit to doing the podcast and doing, you know, forcing yourself to actually have a afterthought about things is something I think a lot of people don't. Mm-hmm. Your your journaling portion point is it's deep because. I myself got into journaling and at first I was like what is what what kind of value is this even bringing me but the deeper and deeper I got into my journaling I found that and I'm not necessarily an anxious person but I have a lot of thoughts and which can create anxiety around specific things and my my journaling has turned into it's kind of like a gratitude journal. Like I'm like tonight I'll journal. I'll, I'll say, you know, I'm thankful for connecting with Tyler today, you know, and that's, that, that's how I look at my day. And what it has brought me is this awareness to see the, the positives in each and every day. But then it also has allowed me to go deeper into certain things that I'm feeling, but I just can't really put them into words. Well, because you don't have a need to, you know, you don't have a need to really, put down all the things all the passing thoughts like that are in your brain you know there's no other format besides a journal i feel like i mean you can get some of them out through conversation but there's some things that aren't even going to come up you know like this conversation with you we might talk about 25 different things but i guarantee it's not everything that's up rattling around in your head uh there, there are things that you know won't won't make the cut for and there are things that are up in my the stuff in my brain that haven't made the cut in 25 years. You know, that's just the same thing I've been thinking for a long time that I've never said out loud before. And and getting those things, 
you know, there, there is definitely a, a weight relief once you, you do kind of follow that down. 100%. And I, I would say also to hit on that and kind of going back to the the mental health and, and how us men just aren't necessarily given, generally speaking, given platforms or spaces to talk about well, I'm dealing with this in my relationship it's the gym or, right that's the gym that, for that it's the gym but I mean again and I always say generally speaking because I don't want to place everybody in one circle but generally speaking conversations at gyms or bars it, sports how much weight are you lifting bro what protein are you taking what kind yeah, of music those aren't my conversations it's, but I get what you're like, saying likewise and and so there, it doesn't necessarily go into depth and so when I talk to guys that are in my space i do hey say how do, how's your mental health how you even with my dad the other day uh, i was on the phone this is the first time that i mentioned it to him it's like how's your mental health and he he talked to me uh, you know he was like hey you got this going on this going on and so even that little thing so going back to me going to therapy had it, it has given me uh, tools that now i can pretty much spread it to anybody that's in my space and that's the biggest thing that i try to communicate with men or women is you have to be able to fill up your cup first before you actually start thinking about filling up anybody else's cup well that bring the the, the gratitude thing uh right right now i've i've dabbled with the idea of it but i've never really uh you know i, I don't think i'm very good at it and i i don't uh, follow through with a lot of things i think about but um that's one thing that like you're, you're shifting your perspective in a way, like you were saying. Like, if you write down what you're thankful for, what you're thankful for, all, all the things that you're grateful for, you know. With with my podcast, it's, we, it's weird to make this connection, but, uh, you know, at a show, I'm more, con like, I'm more, like, oh, that'll be cool to talk about in the podcast. Mm -hmm. Or, oh, that'll be, like... So, if you're if you have that thought kind of deep embedded, like, in your subconscious... When you're, you know, you're going to write down your, you know, you're going to write down your, so you're thinking throughout the day, like, what's going to make the cut for this gratitude? So 100%. then you're focusing on the good. Yes. And that's a, that's a pretty interesting idea. It is, man. That and that's it the, shifts your perspective. It does. And, and, and what, I mean, look at life. What is a lot of things that we go through in life is based on perspective. So if somebody, I mean, you, you were going to your show a couple months ago and somebody sideswiped your car. Right. And so for you to actually be on going to a show where you're going to be in front of cameras, you have to put it into perspective. Well, luckily, like it didn't ruin my car to where I could not get to my show. Definitely. So again, perspective. Some people would take that situation and they would allow it to ruin their show or ruin their day. And that's just when we are able to master our thoughts, I don't think we can truly get to complete mastery. But if we try our best to master our thoughts and master our perception of life and what we go through, generally speaking, we can get into a better space. But if we sit and dwell on these, these negative thoughts, if people sit and, I mean, the news is the other thing. People watch news and it's negative, negativity, negativity, negativity. So it's like the opposite version of your gratitude journal. Yeah, and, and people are wondering sometimes, why is my not, life not panning out the way I want it to pan out? And again, it comes back to perception. What are you focusing on? And what are you focusing on? Yeah. That's definitely an interesting idea, but that 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 almost makes me like, ah, oh, I should definitely. And I've said this before, but I should definitely do. Like I've done like the gratif gratitude meditations and stuff like that. Another thing that I always I always want to do. There's a bunch of uh, like just joyfulness. Like mm -hmm. I I want to have a better, and this is still just pers perspective. You know, you'll 
you'll watch something funny or something and you'll go you'll go like you watch like a comedy special or listen to a podcast that's funny or something like that and then you go do something and your overall just joyfulness and your the way you're like the vibe you're putting out is so different than if like let's let's say you, you read something really sad or mm-hmm. you know you watch the news or uh you know so, something like that you go out and your vibe is just different. And I, I, I've, I've noticed that in myself and I've always wanted to be better. But again, it's one of those things that I, I don't really follow through with. There are, I'm, I'm good at following through with very specific things, but you know, self-improvement, I feel like is something I struggle with a little bit. It's a muscle. I, I, I look at it as we'll, we'll say January 1st, many people have the goal of i want to get in shape by this date this date or that date they they initially follow through with it but then as you get a month in two months in it's really starting to test your willpower of hey can i actually get to this point and so when it comes to journaling it is kind of like it it's we get we are sometimes creatures of habit and so once we get into our routine it's like adding something else into our routine i don't mean to cut you off but uh I got it before I forget it. Yeah. Um, so the problem I have a lot of times with journaling is I'll, I'll end up writing for like an hour. And it's like I got to have a cutoff at some point. But it's like I feel kind of fucked up if I don't get the, the, all the things out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then what happens too is I'll, I'll not do it for like two days or three days. And then it's like, oh, man, I'm going to be sitting for a while like trying to get all the stuff out. I don't know why I get like that. I shouldn't. You know, I should say, all right, 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. But then, like, I'm on a thought, and it's like I want to follow it all the way down. So I ha- it's like a time management issue. And then I think, oh, well, I could be doing something like learning a new song, like we talked about <laughs> at the beginning. Or, you know, I could be practicing or working out or, you know. So it's like at a certain point, I think you have to, like, but then it's like, uh, I don't know. I'm just one page. So so that's, I, I always, in my mind, one page is what I'm going to journal. And it doesn't matter if do I you, run out of space. Do you handwrite or do you computer? hand hand? So everything is handwritten, and I've got a note. It's it's small, so there's like I'll just say like sixteen lines, eighteen lines, and I journal. And typically, it's how I start all my journals. I write tonight or I write this morning, thankful and blessed for da 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 da. And then I get into I have a a, a super focus in on because it's a kind of a. Um, I, I pull pieces from my meditations. So what I'm manifesting and meditating on makes it over into my journal. But I only give myself one page because like you, I'd be writing for days. I write it like it's a book, like a narrative <laughs> of my life. Write a book. Yeah. Well, I should. I've, don't even get me started on that. Because I, I, there, there's like three books I want. I would like. To, there's two like science fiction novels I've always had ideas to write mm-hmm. for. And there's a couple like guitar method type things that I would like to do, but it's like there are too many things. You know, you that that it's just there's a comic that I want to do a comic for mm-hmm. the Unput Architects. I feel like that, that would be, cool. be awesome. Uh, there, there's just like so many things, but you only have so much time in a day, and you have to obviously make money to live too. Mm-hmm. I I think I always think of it like this is my like talking myself into it, but never succeeding. But uh, you know, if if I if I was to write a book, it would be like just ten minutes a day, just write, and you know, you don't go backwards really. I mean, you might have to edit some stuff, but just do it till it's done. You could spend, you know, seven years, whatever, whatever it takes. You do ten minutes a day, you're gonna get it done at some point, yep. and then you can start the next one. But uh, 
but I still I still have the trouble just like sitting down and doing it. And I the the reason I ask you about the the medium for what you're because if I'm typing, I can type so fast. I'm not good at handwriting. <laughs> like it takes me a long time. And I, if you don't if you don't write with your hands, I mean I write songs a lot of times with you know writing yeah. them out. But that's like not even a page most of the time. So like if I I, I had this idea not too long ago is like if I. If I used a computer, you know, I could get the thoughts out so much faster True. that like But it also depends on when you're journaling too. So if you're if you're journaling, I journal when I'm actually in bed. So electronics are away. I have my little night light, which is kind of like an amber color. Just it's easier on the eyes at night. And so that's the other thing that gives me a limitation to how much I can write because I'm already tired at the end of the yeah. night. But if you go like for you, if you said, Well, I'm gonna journal, but I'm gonna do it on the computer I don't know if in each of us we're all different. Maybe that is something that works for you at night. Maybe it's not. But I know, for, at least for me, if I'm on the computer at night, it stimulates my mind too much, and then I'm up all night. So kind of shifting the conversation here. So you're a pretty uh, uh, focused and uh, specific person. So you're, yeah. you're, you know, you don't eat meat really. You eat like a little bit of fish. You're, so sure. your diet's pretty strict is what I'm getting at. Yeah. Your workout routine is pretty strict as well, correct? Correct. And uh, a lot of these other things, your journaling habits. are So you're a pretty strict, disciplined person. Uh, I guess, uh, where does that where, where does that come from? Why, what, what has led you to be so, like, hyper-focused in those areas? Man, it's a, I don't know if anybody's ever asked me that question. Um, I think... I pull from past experiences and... I guess an, another way to frame it is you're very much in control of a lot of things. It seems like you're very... The perception in, is I'm in control. Right. Well, you have to always have that. I'm 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 the same way in a lot of ways, but I'm not nearly as, like, I, I'm pretty strict about some certain things. Like, I mm. practice for this long. I have a whole board out there of everything I got to accomplish in a week, and I really focus on that. But I'm not very good at the sleep part. I'm not very good at the... You know, I work out a lot, but it's not strict. You know, I do, I try to do like four days a week, but you know, with shows and sometimes it just doesn't, you know, sometimes it's five days, sometimes it's three days, but you know, I, I'm in the habit of doing it weekly, but it's not like <clears throat> as specific as a lot. And I, you know, with my diet, I'm not even close. Like <laughs> it sounds like you're, you're very on top of it. I am very, very not good at eating well. I, I, I'd say, I think. I think it is an extension of how I started with my eating habits. So, and this is going back six years ago, seven years ago. So I was a pretty strict vegan for, I'd say, probably six years. And then the, over the past year, year-ish, year and a half, I have implemented salmon, which I eat salmon, uh, wild-caught salmon, once a week. And so six years of actually staying committed to an actually uh, an actual strict vegan diet has then transitioned or translated over into being consistent with certain things that I'm going after my meditations my sleep my workouts my workouts now I had an internal battle yesterday yeah, because about to talking to the is that what you're talking about no it was actually oh, okay. it was it was um yesterday was Saturday, Saturday. I think it was yesterday yeah, Saturday and there was an internal battle because I had to get some work done. It wasn't something that I had to, it wasn't required, but I was just putting in some extra hours. So I was like, okay, should I work or should I actually go and work out? 
so I, I kind of went between the two. I actually worked out. <laughs> so I kind of like put away some of the work. And so again, in my mind, I know how beneficial it is to stay on top of my nutrition and stay on top of my workouts because it impacts my thinking and the way I move about my day. And so when I when you say like focused and, and in control, yeah, I'd like to think I'm in control, but I don't think I'll ever be in control because I don't know what can actually come. What I have control over is... You only have control over the things you have control of. Right, right, right. And so even even some of the things that I'm going after, like I just got some news the other or past last weekend on something that I had been meditating on for six or seven months now. And it's the biggest thing that I've I've done thus far in my life. And I had to kind of take a step back because it was just like, wow, the 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 ama- I'm so amazed that when you have focused for six months, how far you can actually go. And so that's kind of where it stems from. But I, I hold myself to a high standard, too. And so, you know, I, I I'm fearful of if I lose control or lose my routine of workouts, eating then it's going to take me down a, a negative path that I don't want to go down. I, I feel like I struggle with definitely the same thing, but I don't, I have a very high ideal, but I don't reach that ideal like ever, you know, mm-hmm. like I, I have this idea of what I should be eating. I have this idea of this exercise routine I should be doing like, you know, weekly. I have, uh, you know, I have all these ideals, but literally I'm in the, like I'm in the feeling of never getting to those ever those those ideals i mean sometimes i do and it feels good and it's like oh, i accomplished something and i really do c- accomplish a good amount of things it's not like mm-hmm. i'm you know just sit laying in bed all day or anything but it's because my ideal is too like i set such high ideals it's like i always feel like i'm just reaching and i just can't get there you mm-hmm. know what i mean so i don't know i i, I guess you just but your your ideals are still very high, it seems like, but you're better at reaching them, it seems like to me. I set myself up for success. So what I mean by that is I think it's it's easy to write down goals that are that are unrealistic. So I would never write down a goal of I wanna be I wanna go to the moon because I know that's not something I'm gonna reach because my mindset isn't in that direction. Now I have other goals to where I have an, a vision, so I'd, I would say I have more of a vision than actual this must be met. So I've got a vision of where I'm going. And so the reason that works for me is because when I set my vision and set my intentions towards my vision, they manifest themselves. But if I actually write something on a piece of paper, I want to become a millionaire in one year, that's a goal that I can't reach. I know that's not possible. Now, if well, I say 15 years, that may be more I guess knowing yourself is probably a big part yes, of that. True. But, like I know myself. I know that after a show late at night, there's a good chance that nothing's going to be open but McDonald's, which mm. is very unfortunate. And I probably should plan better, but a lot of times I just don't. So like that's a simple goal. Like it's a simple goal. Like oh, just go get food at the grocery store before two a.m. And it's like something dumb like that. Like I just will blank on it. I just won't mm-hmm. do it now. You you wouldn't do something like that. Hell no. You're like, right, right, right. Exactly. That's exactly what I mean. You you have these. You have a, a very strict ideal on a lot of areas, but you stick to it. It seems like, and I have a tougher time. I have those same strict ideals, but I never can get there. You know what I yeah. mean? I think once, and you made a good point of of knowing yourself. And now I'll, I'll go back to therapy. Like therapy has taught me what I am and what I am not. So. 
there are things that I know, like as far as paying attention to detail, that is something I've always struggled with. And I know I'm not very good at that, but it's something that I can slowly work towards. Now, being consistent with diet and workouts, I know that's something I am. So there's a, there's a difference of knowing yourself, but then also the the balance of knowing who you are and knowing who you're not. Because okay. I think, but I guess my thing is like I know that like I want to not eat McDonald's yeah. at two a.m. and I know that like there's a good chance I I would do it, you mm-hmm. know. But how do you overcome that? Like you know, how do you just that little? T- and this is something small and stupid, I know. And it's not like I eat McDonald's all the time, but the Right now, it's really weird, too, because, you know, when I used to do shows, you'd get home at, you know, 1, 2 a.m. There'd mm-hmm. be a lot of places open. It's really just down. After, like, 11 p.m., that's, like, it is McDonald's. Like, everywhere's so short-staffed. And uh, so I've been running into this problem more as of late. Where Because, I mean, you know, I could get a burrito somewhere. I wouldn't feel as bad about it as opposed to, like, a, a cheeseburger from McDonald's you know there's something, <laughs> something dirty about that just saying it out loud makes me feel disgusting that's the and, devil's word <laughs> pretty much pretty much that's how I feel about it but I still do it I'm not gonna lie and be like one of those people that would be like oh I'd never eat McDonald's like, yeah I, mean, I do you know I, I feel guilty about it when I do uh, it's something I try to avoid but I guess my question is like I know myself to the point that like I know my standard is not to eat McDonald's, mm. but I also know that there's going to be times where I'm not going to meet that standard, and uh, I don't prepare very well for that. And I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm. I'm. In a lot of ways, I put a lot of things out. I do a lot of things. I create as much content as I can. On, you know, I work out. I get a lot of things accomplished, but it's like I'm a mess. Like I'm a mess mm. that I just do things, do things, do things. It's not super organized, but I'll, like even this podcast, like I, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Like I, I just, oh, let's throw a camera up today. Like let's just see what happens, you know. Like I don't or show, you know. Uh, my, Blair, the guy I used to play with all the time, yeah. uh, you know, he we would go and set up, and it was always so funny the how he would set things up. Everything was so detailed, so specific. He's just that type of guy, you know. He has he has like a very like specific way of doing things. I just like plop stuff on the ground and like by the end of it it looks okay, you know. Yeah. But you know, it's just like a disgusting mess until you know, I and I, I don't have any plan. I'm like, I'm gonna do this, this and this, and then I do it and then it's like, okay, next thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I'm very focused in how I do it. But again, it's it's like it always starts from a mess. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a metaphor for me as a person. <laughs> yeah, I mean we're we're all different. We we approach things in a in, in a much different way, and that's fine. For, I'm, for, I'm saying I don't really want I don't necessarily want to be like that. Yeah, and that's and that's all. And that's, all, that's, that's the point I'm trying to make is we're all different. So just because I have X, Y, and Z doesn't mean Joe Schmo down the street has to have it, or you have to have it, or anybody has to have it. Again, I just go back to what works for me. I, I get know? that. And, I guess my I'm, I feel like I'm not phrasing like how do you. I mean, you didn't start from my place, so it's hard for me to ask this question because uh, how do you get from where I'm at to where you you more where you're at, more yeah. specific, more focused, more uh, uh, disciplined person? I mean, and again, I feel like I'm disciplined in a lot of ways, but my expectation on myself and a lot of times is a lot higher than maybe it should be. But also it's like there are things I could do to 
you know, be better. And so, like, how do you, I don't know, I don't know if you have any input, I guess. So you're saying, and I just want to make sure I understand, so you're saying how do you become more disciplined in your approach, or are you trying to say, like, how do I, how do I, how am I so disciplined with the temptations of I can go out and potentially go to a fast food joint versus staying on, is that what you're? Yeah, just like. I don't know. You don't start from a mess, though. That's the that's the you know. I you, did though. You're okay. I did. So how did you get from that to where you're at now? I got pissed off. I I got pissed off with the same results that I was always getting. I was getting, you know, I'll start off with um, even even with the business that I was running. You know, I thought I had things put together, but it was just similarly to you. Like you say, you you put this this and this, and then it was like, okay, what's next? Where am I going? And so that's how I felt. So I was doing all of these things, but there was no type of result. And again, there, these are differences yeah, as yeah. far as, but I'm just trying to give you a, a backstory. That's the so, whole point. Don't, don't so, feel like I'm going to take offense to anything you're no, saying. No, no. And, and so like I was a mess one time as far as finding purpose and finding direction in life and getting everything in order in my own space how it started how it began i i got pissed off and then i actually listened to somebody's advice of hey go to therapy and i was like whoa why do i need to go to therapy i had traveled the world i'd started my own business i was athletic i was and healthy got into that crazy story about your traveling last yeah time. That was, that and, was interesting and so it was uh it was kind of a combination of all those things starting to manifest and i just didn't know where i was or who i was and so I, I say therapy was kind of the, the, the tipping point because it put things into perspective of like, hey, things aren't in order. I don't know which direction I'm going. But I also had a lot of trauma that I had to get through in order to actually hear my own thoughts of what I wanted in life. And so that's what it, it took me. And then looking back on things that were said in the past towards me or at me pissed me off. And I was like, you know what? I'm done with this shit. Like I, I want... And that's where my super focus has become. So it has been kind of like tra- a little bit of traumatic experiences, um, failures. It's not happy with where I was in, in my place in life. And so that's kind of how it has gotten to today to where I go to the store every week. And I know I'm going to go on Saturday, get my groceries. I know on Sundays I'm doing my meal prepping for the week. I know on. It's just wild for me to hear. <laughs> like I, I would never. Even, I, mean, I know on. I know on Sunday mornings or late mornings. I'm after I meal prep. Sometimes I go to the gym. I know every single night before bed, I'm reading about five or ten pages in my book of whatever book I'm reading. In the morning, I wake up, I journal, I read my book again. I sometimes get my meditations in the morning. So it is very, very structured. And that's kind of, I I talk to older coaches and friends and and, and when college and and high school, and they're like, man, you're just like so just like stoic and just boom. So kind of like a military style. And I just think it was just, some of it was my upbringing. I had responsibilities to do. And, And so I'm a little bit of a tangent, but that gives you a background of how I got to where I am today. And so now it's just like, if I don't meal prep my whole weeks, it, it, it throws me off so much that it, I just can't function. If I don't read in the morning, if I don't meditate or journal throughout my week, it throws me off. I guess uh, p- part of the, the part, part of that is like, 
the jazz of it, you know, like there there is you got to be able to, you know, kind of um not not roll with the punches, but you know, I I get a little too burned out, I think, mm-hmm. if I do something like that. It's like I need some different things to happen. And you know, part of that, you know, is why I'm a musician, I think in general because it brings you just every show is different. Every, you know, it's it's not so like you know, there, there, there's, I think, a greatness to being able to be as structured as you, but I don't know that I would be able to do it, is ultimately what I'm saying. I think I like a little bit of that mm-hmm. jazz in there. But I would I, I would like to be better at certain things. Like, my diet, I, I wish that I was a little bit more on top of it. And uh, working out, I'm pretty okay at, but I, I could be more structured with it. And, like, the all the self-improvement things I hear from me is, like, I just a lot of times don't feel like I have enough hours in the day to kind of spend on. Mm-hmm. I guess being more structured with it would allow, you know, instead of <laughs> yeah. just like, oh, today I'm just going to try to do this uh, joyful meditation for, mm-hmm. you know, 30 minutes in- instead of just like have like, okay, I'm going to do it for this long every day, you know, and maybe minimize. Because I think what happens sometimes is I get like an idea like that, like journaling or something, and then I end up in focus way too long on it. And 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 I'm like I can't do this every day. Like there's no way. So maybe that's that's my takeaway from what you're saying is I need to be more picky about the things as far as the amount of time I'm going to put towards them and just try to stick to it a little bit better. But I don't know. Yeah, like I and I keep on going back. We're we're all different, you know. So so something may work for you that I don't know that anything's working. <laughs> you would never know until yeah. you try. You well, I, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, it seems seems like I don't know. I don't know if I'm, if I would say what I'm doing thus far has been, I mean, who's, who, it's tough to say who's right, who's doing anything right. Mm, I mean, true. I could have a job and have a ton of money and, you know, is that the right way to go about life? I really don't know. I mean, I do feel like it would make some things quite a bit easier, mm. but uh, there's, you know, there, the grass is always greener. I have plenty of people that are like, Ooh. you get to go play music and make money and it's like, oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty awesome too. Like yeah, I guess there's you, I I find that people do some people have like this envy for the freedom that we sometimes have. So you have more freedom than some people. Just be given your how you your your career and your your profession it allows you some freedom. Other people are glued to a computer and it's just like boom boom and then go home and then have to take care of kids. And there's no disrespect they, to any of that. I, they have freedom in a different way. You know, they yeah. have the financial freedom that I don't have. True. I can't so go to, I can't, you know, I, I hear on other podcasts, they, they say a, a couple couple guys I listen to were saying like, once you get to a point where you go to a restaurant and you don't have to think about like, you spend this much money on that, you can just get whatever you want, not think about the money part of it. Mm-hmm. That's like the, the level of financial you kind of, is should should be your goal. You know, yeah. and I, you know, I'm not even close to, to that there. You know, I'm always counting my yeah. my, my pennies, and uh, because I have to, you know, I have to survive. And uh, I just wonder if, uh, you know, what, what what you know, everybody's perspective, like you keep saying, is different. But I wonder if there if there there's got to be some happy medium somewhere. I oh, think. I'm I'm sure there is, and I'm sure once we get to that happy medium, I, I think human beings are, for the most part, smart. Um, and, and we, we will find that and we'll know it. Um, and I like to give people the, the benefit of the doubt as far as, 
you know, uh, when I say smart, because I do think that we are much more capable than what we tell ourselves. Um, and, and that just goes into like everything that we're talking about now is just, again, you, you asked the question of how I got here is just mindset. Like I said, I, I got pissed off about a lot of things and it, I used it as motivation. I told myself, and I just told this story the other day and I didn't realize how much it affected my life. And when I was in first grade, I'll, I'll never forget this and I'll never forget this. We were in class. And we we're going over a. I don't know what we're working on in class. And was I'm, I in your class? We no, we've been no. around the same. I no, mean, no, it wasn't. We were in the same class. We were. In, you went to Lincoln School, right? I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the same school. Even. Same school. And so um, we were in. We were in class, and and I'm. When it came to academics, or when it comes to academics, sometimes it does take me a little bit longer to actually understand concepts because I like to understand it a hundred all the way around. So I raised my hand and I said, I don't understand this. And she, the teacher came over and helped me. And I think I asked two more questions. And the fourth time she came over and she explained it in a different way. And I was like, oh, okay. And I'll never forget this. She stood over me and she said, duh. And so that was like, you talk about being humiliated in front of your classmates and so when I talk about going back to things that I've that have has have pissed me off, that was one of them. I never want to feel like I'm not educated enough or smart enough because of that. Yeah, situation. but you got to realize in that situation, like that's the teacher being bad. Like, it is, but but it's it's a traumatic experience. Yeah, yeah. So that's a traumatic experience that I had to work through. I I don't know. I I for through I'm not I'm not like a real teacher I teach guitar you know mm. so it's definitely a different mentality but I definitely always am trying to find a different way to explain it to make somebody understand instead of you know if 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 they aren't getting it it's my fault it's not their fault I mean maybe they didn't practice a lot or whatever but you know a concept and I don't know I just feel like that's just that I, I get that it's a traumatic experience but man that's not not good on that teacher's part. <laughs> but and and we think about coaches that are like that and teachers that are like that or people of influence that are like that and and you wonder or I wonder at least like how many kids are like how much their growth is stunted because of situations like that. I'm sure you and I have had coaches that have said things and you're just like that was a shitty thing to say to me. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just like, "Wow, like you you really said that to me." So I don't know, man. These are things that I often think about. I just got used to it. I don't know. I just, <laughs> you know, we, we both know a certain coach that yelled a lot in high school. I don't know if you know who I'm talking about. but um, And uh, one of his big things that he would always say would be like, don't listen to how I'm saying it. Listen to what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And that, I feel like that idea definitely, to the point, almost to the where sometimes I don't think about the way that I'm saying something because I'm like, they're going to listen to the words, not how I'm saying it. But I do feel like that, that was a good, a good lesson when he was yeah. saying that. But, uh, you know, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know where I was going. I lost my train of thought, but it's like the, how, how he was saying it was, uh, you know, not very nice a lot mm -hmm. of the times. And but it's, it's you know, like you were saying, what he was saying is the context of what he was trying to teach us. Yeah. And so 
on the outside looking in, most people, some people will be like, wow, he's a really terrible coach. But really, I mean, he was a good coach. He was like my he favorite had, coach. He had a well, lot of knowledge. Tied for my favorite. I had two favorite <laughs> coaches, I think. But, 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 but yeah, I, I get, I get where you're coming from though, as, as far as the context of what you, as far as teaching guitar and teaching it in a different way. I would way. never go, duh. <laughs> like, why don't you get this? Like, you're so stupid. Like, who would do that? Dude. I don't know, but uh, people have been teaching for too long, probably. Content, yeah. You know, I don't know. My brother's a teacher. I, I I would be interested to hear what he would have to say about that. But I don't I don't think that he would think that that was a very good teacher because <laughs> he's like a legit teacher. I'm fake teacher. I one on one with one kid, you know, once a week. That's not that challenging, you know. That's, Being, I mean, still teacher though. It is. It's more like a coach. I, yeah. I, I feel more like a guitar coach than a guitar, guitar teacher. Yeah. But um, there's not as... The, the thing about learning guitar is like you don't have a competition to be preparing for. <laughs> it's hard to... You know, that's the way I've always felt. You know, doing shows, I feel like that's kind of my competition and mm-hmm. stuff. But a lot of people play guitar. That's not their... You know, even you. you don't, you're not playing a show. You're just... You know, you're playing guitar. That's it. It's yeah. like... The, the thing is the goal. It's not like, you know, I've always been like, okay, I'm going to do this and then eventually it's going to amount to something. And uh, so it's hard to get that, like, that even though I feel like a coach, they don't feel like a, a athlete, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I try to try to get that mentality in you a little bit. It's hard, it's hard though, without that goal. I don't know why I brought that up, but... No, that's a good point. It's just a different, a whole different thing, you know. It's the I, I, I relate playing music. And we talked about this in the first podcast. Is like, you know, there is a lot of overlap with playing music and being an athlete. You know, you have to practice a lot. It's a lot of muscle memory, a lot of you know time put towards something, and uh, there, there's like warm ups you can do. To, you know, there's a lot of because being a musician, especially a singer. Um, and any sort of, I mean, anything you're, you're, you're doing movement. It's a, mm-hmm. that's all sports are. You're it's like, it's very specific movement to, uh, get your muscle memory to do the thing that, you know, in, in real time. But again, with sports, you have the goal of, I guess the goal is whatever you make it, you know, you, uh, right. my, my goal is to maybe, uh, if I was a student or somebody that wasn't like trying to be a professional musician would be like, Oh, my, my game would be to learn this song from start to finish, you know, or like have 10 songs I could play at any time mm-hmm. for, you know, so, something like that. But it's, it's definitely, there's a lot of similarities, but I don't know how to, how to, cause I see it that way because I've done both things. I don't think most of my students would have that same perception of it. And I try to express that to them a little bit. Cause I'll, a lot of times I'll be like, did you do any sports? And, uh, you know, a lot of them say no most of the time. But every once in a while, I get one. So I'd be like, okay, so you know how uh, in this sport you do like a warm up. You do like so the scale is a good mm-hmm. warm up for when you play. Like when you're, so you know before you get into the actual stuff, you should maybe do this a couple times, and then when you go to actually play play guitar, do whatever else you're doing, you're gonna have more success because you'll be warmed up. You know, yeah. some some idea like that. I like to throw that in there because, but. Most of the kids, I, I feel like, don't really, and adults. There's plenty. I teach adults too, but yeah, and it, it's it, we we have a unique experience that we can tap from, you know, just being involved in sports. But even how I think of it, if I was in that space of teaching guitars, you know, I try to implement it. For me, 
I've, I've always been like, how do I implement or how I how can I use this as an, a life type of goal or, or um, type situation? And so, I don't know. It, it's, I, I can't really, I, I wouldn't be able to understand because I've been involved in sports. Like, I, I could kind of like with some of the students that you have, they've never been athletes and so... Like, I'm sure you're like, well, how would it be if you were never in sports? It's yeah. hard to, to make that Well, you just have to throw that metaphor out immediately because <laughs> they don't understand what you're talking about. Yeah. But, you know, if they have been, I know I have, like, something that they might not have a connection with in their mind, but I can make a connection to make them understand something I'm trying to say through that, mm-hmm. you know. And, uh, you know, and that, that kind of goes back to your point of the teacher going, duh, it's like, Okay, they don't get it this way. Let's try. Let's throw something else in and yeah. see see if they can get it that way. And if they aren't getting it, you know, it's probably your fault. It's not their fault. I right. mean, yeah. And you know, if that, I I could understand being very frustrated. I mean, I've been frustrated with plenty of my students, but uh, when it comes to like saying negative things i think that that's where you got to draw the line at any any point uh especially because with music it's like you want to have you want to have the students have such a good association with music you that was one of the things i pulled from you know i i i took lessons for like maybe two months when i was little like maybe eight and i went to these lessons and i just hated them it wasn't the teacher or anything he wasn't very structured and I, I still draw back to that and how I teach totally informed the, the style of teaching because I didn't memorize things at all. I'd go there, he'd have me play stuff out of a book and then I would leave and then I'd try to practice stuff at home but nothing would ever stick, you know? Mm-hmm. But um, it was like uh, eventually, you know, you just... Uh, I, I ended up and, you know, I hated it and I quit and I was like, oh, that, that was terrible. And then you know, fast forward four or five years later, you know, I'm like 12 or 13 or whatever. I can't get a guitar out of my hand. And, uh, you know, it's because my, my want to do it exceeded my want not to do it ultimately, I think. Mm -hmm. But, uh, so I I don't know. It's just like nothing that that teacher did for me grabbed me, you know, he kept me with it and I didn't have any positive associations. So, I, it was more negative, you know. I, I'd have to practice, and I didn't want to practice, and just all all these th- having that negative association with music. I feel like is su- and you know you hear it with coaches, like you were saying earlier, when you had co- you know coaches maybe say stupid, mean things to you. Uh, music teachers are just as bad, and what happens, I feel like, is a lot of times kids will join band, and they'll have a teacher that you know isn't a fan of them, or like. Mm-hmm. The, the way they, they teach doesn't work for them and they get this negative feeling with it. I just, it, it hurts me a little bit because they always have that kind of feeling associated with music and that right. that makes me sad, you know, and I don't want that ever in my studio. You know, it's only positive stuff. Yeah, I, I just don't understand how whatever profession, career, whatever, as a teacher, as a leader, this one style or one-way highway method i i just have never i've never understood that but i i, I don't know if it's laziness uh content or just the inability or or the want to, the to just, actually the, open the, up the and, just trust me i know what i'm talking about method. yeah <laughs> I, like <laughs> just do it this way yeah that's that always kind of irked me for for whatever reason just 
oh yeah, I used to do this back in the day, so do this. Okay, well, obviously things change over years, so and if you did that 10 years ago... Your experience is different than their experience. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so... Yeah, I wish there was... I guess that does... I mean, your experience obviously informs the way you do anything, but, like, like teaching is one of those things. So, I mean, your experience would... But, but using that as, like, your only tool, I feel like, to mm. get your point across is not a good teacher or leader, right? Or stringing a car, guitar. Hey, there's only one way to string a guitar. I'm sure there are multiple ways to string a guita guitars, but... Somebody, I'm sure, in, in your years and experience of working with guitar, somebody's like, well, I do it like this all the time, and this is the only way. And you're like, dude, like, there's also this way and that way and this way. Yeah, I don't know. That's more of like a mechanical thing, though. There are, th there are certain things in doing that that it's like you literally will mess it up if you do it a certain way, you know. But I know what you're saying. I, th I think you're, you're correct. Uh, I... I uh, you know, you see it done all sorts of ways that, in my eyes, are not right <laughs> when people bring in their guitars and i'm just like whoa um this is gonna need this is gonna need some time uh, but uh you know i don't i don't i wouldn't say that i would just you know be like okay well this is this is why this isn't good maybe try to do it this way mm -hmm. but uh and i've i've struggled with that i've had i've had some uh just this overall idea not not string guitars but like i've had some trouble uh, with be, be, we're kind of drawing back to our whole communication thing that we were talking about, how that's like a tool that yeah. I didn't really try to get better with, uh, which, you know, teaching is one of those things that's helped me a lot getting better with the communicate podcasting, obviously, as well. But customer service at the, you know, the store I was working at, all that stuff helps you, you know, kind of fine tune those communication skills. But I think when I first started teaching, I had some students because I don't know, it's like I would. I would sit down with them and, you know, they, they weren't doing something right. I'd be like, no, like this, you know, no, like that. Nope, nope, nope. You know, <laughs> I, I get in this like where, where I, this loop where I'm saying no a lot. And I feel like, you know, not like I was being mean about it. It was just like, ah, nope, no, nope. you know, just th those little things over and over again. I did have a couple students that I, I realized were a little bit sensitive to this mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. style of teaching. So I'm, I very much had to like rethink like, you need to say a lot of good things as well as bad 100%. things to balance it out. And that's something that, you know, even though I wasn't saying like, duh, you know, <laughs> is a form of, of kind of the same thing. It's not to that extent, but, uh, you know, I'm, again, I was kind of, you know, I was always kind of raised in sports with the thought of like that coach I was saying, mm -hmm. think of what they're saying, not how they're saying it. Not that I was saying it bad or anything, but I was just saying when they were, I was only saying when they did things wrong. So that was their, their association with me. Yeah. And I feel like that's something that like I've really worked on a lot and I have to still tell myself some days like, so maybe, maybe to an extent it's similar to that with that teacher that says duh, but obviously to another level. There's when I was when I was coaching athletes, I'd see this all the time where <laughs> there are a few times where other coaches would throw shade my way. And I, I never really understood why. I know sometimes I can have a strong personality at times, but I actually went the extra mile to actually learn about the person that I was coaching versus, hey, this is how we do it, this is what we're gonna do today, go out and do it. So I would always tap into, hey, how's your mom doing? How's your dad doing? What'd you have for breakfast? What'd you have for lunch? And although it was like 
it seemed on the outside looking in, it was just like basic questions. You can tell a lot from a person just asking oh, basic especially questions. Especially performance-wise. Yeah, I for mean, sure. If they tell you that they ate McDonald's, <laughs> go back to the McDonald's for yeah. lunch, you're going to be like, oh, this is going to be a different person than it normally is. Because yeah. that's not going to affect them very good. You know? 100%. And kids, and, dude, I never thought about that when I was little. I wish somebody would. I mean, I, people have said it. I know that I learned it at some point, but like, it didn't like make sense. It didn't register. That's what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. It didn't register when, you know, I'd go to Subway and eat a foot long sub, you know, a meat like a meatball, just this giant amount of food. And of course, I was burning. You know, you'd have two a days, or you know, wrestling and football, or just like track where it would just be like crazy workout. Yeah. At the end of the day, you know, it would be like it didn't matter that much. But I didn't even equate them together. I wish that somebody would have been like. Okay, if you're gonna have to, you know, put this much energy towards like a, like a track meet or a wrestling meet or uh, a football game, like like you should be more specific in what you're eating and stuff like that. I never could. I mean, I'd heard people kind of talk about it, like kind of, you know, I took health, you know, everybody has a health class where they talk about diet, yeah. which, you know, you find out later it's all wrong. You know, <laughs> it's not, it's not, it's not a, your food pyramid should not look like that at all. But uh, you know, I didn't have just it, like hot hot pockets mcdonald's i was eating like little debbie's stuff for breakfast you know i just ate so bad i was drinking soda all the time i remember i gave up for like my i think it was like my sophomore year of wrestling because i had to wrestle i got to wrestle varsity but i had to cut weight so one of the things i did to cut weight was i was like no more soda but then i just drank gatorade like just as much and like how 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 good is that for you in comparison i mean maybe there's a little less sugar Maybe there's, you know, the carbonation. I don't know that that really does a whole... Mm-hmm. I mean, do, do you know if carbonation is bad? I, I'm not. As far as nutrition, I just know soda was... I don't think it's very uh, beneficial for performance. Well, I, I do have kind of a caveat there. I do... There is a balance you can do if you're not... Cause, okay, so if I'm playing a show, I, I'm thinking about this. Because the shows are, for me, my, my game time performance. So everything I consume on the day of a show is for the success of the show a lot of the time. So just like I wish I would have thought about in high school for like a football game or wrestling meet or whatever. So it's like I eat this time. I So a soda, if you don't drink soda, provides a lot of calories, you know, a lot of sugar that is like... Uh, one dose, like if you're not used to drink, you know, I very much like I drink this much caffeine on show days. Mm-hmm. If I drink like a soda, so it'll help my show a little bit because I'll have just a little bit more pep in my step. <laughs> and but it doesn't work if you drink soda every day. You have to. <laughs> so yeah, I don't think moderation. that. Yeah, I mean, and that's you know the key to everything, which I don't know that I'm, you know, great at. But uh, you know, I, I don't think that. There, there are probably better ways to get the sugar, but it's easy, it's convenient, and if you just do it like small, you know, that I don't think it's the devil or anything. Just like McDonald's isn't really the devil, but should you eat McDonald's for more than one meal a week? Probably not. Yeah. I don't I don't think that would be good. I don't think you should probably do it more than twice a month, probably, but there there's a time and a place that I think that it's okay to kind of splurge that way, and I do think there is some sort of benefit i've noticed if i am not drinking soda throughout the week and then i drink one right before i perform mm. so you're you're you feel better you feel more alert i feel like i have a little bit more like i said pep in my step just a little bit more like focus <laughs> you know 
That reminds me. That reminds me of uh, was that show Ren and Stimpy? Yeah, is that the show? Yeah, the bald headed little dog. Yeah, that that reminds. You ever see the? I don't know. And correct me if I'm wrong, but where there would be scenes where the dog would have the eyes wide open. Yeah, Yeah, I call those coke eyes. Yeah, because y'all, you, everybody knows somebody who's done coke, and yeah. they get those eyes from their yeah, like. Yeah. And ultimately, it's funny because it's kind of what I'm searching for. I want to have that level of focus for performance, but I'm not going to do coke to get there. <laughs> so it's like, all right, I'll, I'll drink, I'll drink a soda, I'll take stuff. Alpha Brain is usually what I take, uh, and I'll, I'll try to like get that like kind of coke eyes, but mm-hmm. you, you know, not not you know, I, the the the. the Cost reward benefit to doing something yeah, like it cocaine. Wouldn't be the... If it was something like in a pure form that like I knew was cocaine, I wouldn't be that opposed to trying <laughs> it. But that's not what you you get offered. You get offered from some guy in a bar that's like, you know, who knows what is even in this. Right. And you hear of the people dying from fentanyl and right. all that that's, stuff that's that they cut. Right they cut the cocaine with. So it's like that obviously would never be in even my realm of mm-hmm. thinking that that would be okay. But Anyway, I digress. I just, <laughs> but there is a certain level of like, you know, I want to get to that peak performance. That's something I'm literally on the hunt for every performance I have. Every, even some days where I'm just like trying to like a podcast or like I'm a, a long like I have a long practice. You know, I might mm. I might try to get a little closer to that spot. Sometimes I do the opposite with practice. Sometimes I'm like, all right, I want to feel terrible at <laughs> this practice, so it's really tough. But I still get through it. So that way, if I ever feel like that in a show, I'll be able to just power through. You know, there's a lot of those stupid little things. It's weird how, like, you know, you're a little superstitious, it seems like, with your yeah. with your routines. I'm like that with my shows. So it's like those things always come first. And there's a certain way I do it every day. You know, every time I have a show, I do, I do like, these specific things. And I'm very disciplined with that. But... With a lot of other things, because I think because I spend so much energy kind of being disciplined with that stuff, I lose lose a little bit of oomph on those other things sometimes because I'm so just like I want the show to be the best. And sometimes I think that just that idea in itself is uh, maybe not not a you know I, I I wish that I didn't care. You know, a lot of musicians are just like. Just show up, just play some songs. It's okay. like when you drink, get to that level, some few beers. <laughs> when you're when you're able to get to that level where it's just kind of, I think some people call it like a flow state. Ah, it's my favorite. It's like like if I have if you you said I was addicted to any sort of drug, that would be it. Like mm-hmm. I I'm obsessed with trying to get there, and I, I you know I I do things sometimes that probably don't you know, necessarily line up with that. But I mean, it's, that is literally always in the back of my head. Like, how am I going to perform the best? Because when I'm there, it's like, it's, it's the only, the only word I, that comes to mind is magical. I feel like, yeah. ma- like magic. Like when I had a night the other night where, where I was saying I didn't want to get off stage. I mean, part of it was I didn't want to socialize, but I was just in the zone the whole time. Like I was just killing these songs. Like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have to think too hard. I was singing in key well. Everything sounded just right, pretty close to where I wanted to. So it's like, you know, I'm just like hammering this crowd and they're like into it. And it's like, I don't want to stop. You know, that's part of the reason that it was tough for me to get off stage, which I honestly think might be a negative at some point as well, because, you know, you can't, can't, I mean, A, how long can you really do 
a thousand percent. There's going right. to be a point right. where you know you you, and at that point, you know, it might be a little off-putting to just keep hammering people with things that, but. I just want to get there and I want to stay there. You know, what I there's, mean? there's something going back to, cause you mentioned, um, alpha brand and I, I can't remember, but I saw something with kind of like mental performance and clarity as far as like, um, I want to say it was like something with uh, coconut oil and eating a, co- a tape tablespoon MCT of oil. I don't know if it was MCT. I, I can't remember specifically something is, is bringing me back to coconut oil as far as like, having fat so that our brain it's it's all that's like part of the thinking of like the keto diet is like you 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 think clearer a lot of the times Mm -hmm. because you're you're not as cloudy for this this kind of reason that you're saying i think as a a lot of people i think like they they like fasting because it gives them a little bit clearer mind state Mm -hmm. and they like being on the keto diet because for the same reason yeah i I, i'd have to go back and, and look for sure but it was something because coconut oil has a lot of ketones, I think, because of the kind of fat that. Is See, I'm not even a nutritionist, so I don't even. I don't I'm even. Speak, even I don't I, even speak. I eat McDonald's. Just... We talked about this already. I already <laughs> lost all sort of. Uh, you know, I don't have any. Uh, I try. I try. I know what I should be doing a lot of the time, but. And I mean, I make an effort, but I'd say I'm about fifty-fifty between like I'll eat a salad, mm-hmm. and then I'll eat like a whole pizza. So. I think we're all. We're, at the end of the day, I think we're all trying to find balance we're trying to find what works best for our lifestyles and we're trying to figure out how to get to true happiness in life and and for me that's that you know that sweet spot of that flow state of that performance which you know you you hope for every time you perform but you know realistically it's six seven ten out of ten you know yeah. it's not it's not every time maybe less you know depending on when you talk to me sometimes i'm like <laughs> that's like two out of ten like i'm like a two two good performances to eight bad perform or not bad but just like where you don't reach that and and you know you can just see my my vernacular immediately. right if i don't get that flow space i flow space uh flow state I think it's a bad performance when it's actuality. It's 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 fine. It's still good. Yeah. But so there's probably like a, some things in that you know you may have I don't know kicked just, your drum different. It or, might it might even just be that like I didn't get to that point. It's all it takes for it to be a bad performance in my head is not getting there, which is 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 silly. It's a silly way mm-hmm. to think because you know if I'm playing three shows, two three shows a week, you know there's definitely going to be probably one or two of those that aren't going to get there right. sometimes it's all of them you know like i'm saying but uh so it's like so silly that i would say that that was a bad show uh, yeah i mean as i could see like in your space of and and i even have the same same thing as far as when i'm in the spaces that i'm i'm in and or the conversations that i'm in and i'm like ah, i just said one thing that just it just didn't hit the way i wanted it to hit and it I'll go and overanalyze the whole thing, and every the whole conversation went well, but it was just, just like that, that one thing. specific and piece. Maybe they didn't even whoever you're talking likely, to didn't yeah. even notice, and that's how it is with the performing too. Is like I think I mess stuff up a lot, mm-hmm. and like people are like, "What? Like, mm-hmm. What are you even talking about?" Like they don't have any idea. Maybe some musicians would be like, "Oh, I definitely know what you're talking about." But <laughs> right. anyway, I mean, I'm not. I'm definitely not an amazing musician, but 
you know, uh, I, I think most common people, they aren't like nitpicking like, oh, he was flat on that. Oh, no, like he wasn't singing that quite right. <laughs> like I'll, I, I've talked about this ad nauseum probably on my pod, my podcast in general, but you know, I'll, I used to just let that like one, one note where I hit a bad note, just like ruin the whole song, mm-hmm. like the whole rest of the song, just cause I, and it's a one second, one second of a bad thing ruined three and a half minutes because I'm just like, so like off put by that right, stupid right but and then then you get four of those in a, in a show and i'm like ah oh, that show wasn't great like, <laughs> four, four seconds being, of, a, of, a, of a three hour show and, and being you know me personally i'm my own worst critic and because i because i know and we talked about it before i know what standard i'd hold myself to and when i don't meet that standard it's frustrating but there is also a side of that to where i can do better there's still things that i can work on and so in my mind i've thought about it there's a a saying that i used to say to athletes and it's it's not um it's progress not perfection because as an athlete or even myself as the spaces i'm in and the things that i'm currently getting ready to dive into um I know that there's never that perfection is hard to get to. If I well, can just have, I don't the think progress. you can even be I, like I, I'm just obviously using my experience as a musician. Like I've never played a perfect show, never. I don't mm-hmm. think there is a way for me to do that. Like even a song, like just one song out of a whole set. I don't know if I've ever played it perfectly. Like I always screw something up. Like I don't know that perfection. Even though that's what you're striving for, I don't know that that's even an option sometimes. You know, so progress I think is a very, a, a, a much better uh, place to be, a much better headspace to be in. Like sure. I just want to be better than the last time. It doesn't have sure. to be, doesn't have to be perfect. But I get caught up a lot of times in that. Anyway, sorry to cut you off. Go. No, it, it, you make a good point as, as far as the the progress in life. Lil Wayne has a has a uh, a line in in one of his songs, he says it's the process. I think he and I, I may be butchering it, but he says it's a process that's so much stress, but it's the progress that feels the best. So in the process, and I refer to myself in the process of my own life and the things that I'm getting ready to go into, it has been stressful to get to that point, but it's the progress that feels the best because I know I'm moving in the right direction. It's something that. Although I might not be able to see everything pan out in 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 live like right now, um, I at least know that the direction I'm I'm heading in, there's still progress to be made, and there's still things that I can continually work on. Well, there 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 something else I've, that kind of goes along the same lines is you hear about those people that you know, work so hard for their whole life and then they get like successful at something mm. and then they're like, oh man, those years of grinding, those were the best years of my life. It's because you got to enjoy the journey a little you have bit. Something, right? You have something to work towards. And I, try, I try to, yeah, because once you get to that spot, it, you know, you have to find, you either have to just, I don't know, be, be fine with being there, which mm-hmm. it sounds like that's tough, or find a new mountain to climb, you know? So, you know, even though, it's it's just so funny to me that people like, me included i'm in this same thing where i think like oh if i just got to this spot i'd be like happy and better and, mm-hmm. but you know 100 percent of the time it doesn't seem like that's the case i mean there are definitely aspects of your life that would be better 
but the, you know you you don't have like you're saying like that thing that progress to make anymore if you mm-hmm. get to the place like Steve Martin he's a you know a famous comedian who you know has been around forever he's had to quit doing stand up because he would go out and he wouldn't even have to say anything. People would just laugh, you know. They they would just laugh and laugh and laugh. And he could be bad. He could, they were just so happy to see him. And they were ju- he's just so naturally funny. He was so good at it. Mm. It's like he had he pretty much just had to quit because I mean, what is the point of doing stand up if you don't have to do do the stand up? Right, know? right. And I think that there there's something to that. And it's like you almost hope to. I mean, if you were a comedian, you'd hope to never really get there. You know, you want to be successful. But not that successful, you know. There always has to be something. You know? I, there's Tiger Woods is, is coming to my mind right now, and as somebody that has been involved in golf, not as much. I think it's kind of it, it, it doesn't it doesn't bring that same enjoyment for me anymore, and I don't have four hours to burn on on a Saturday or Sunday. But Tiger Woods at the peak of his or his prime. Wanted to change his swing. And when I think about perfection, I wonder, and that'd be a great conversation to have with Tiger, is like, were you chasing perfection or did you really feel like there was still progress to be made with your your swing? You had just won all these majors. (laughs) And then you're like, okay, I'm going to just change my swing. So it's like, same thing with Michael Jordan, same thing with Kobe, same thing with LeBron. At what point... What's Muhammad Ali, Floyd Mayweather is another right. one. It's just like Floyd's got a perfect record. People kind of argue whether or not those were legitimate wins because he's handpicked. But at the end of the day, he still had to get in the ring and fight somebody. Yeah. Professionals, yeah. right? And so when we when we talk about perfection, I, I wonder, you know, is that the point when people retire? Because it's just like I, there's no more that I can do. and And that's kind of... In my own life, I look at those things. Well, with fighters, sorry to interrupt again. Mm. Uh, with fighters, <laughs> terrible. Um, with fighters, like, does the challenge become at a certain point, like, okay, I can I'm no longer good enough to compete like I was when I was in my 20, 25, mm. 30, you know, somewhere in there, probably, you know, really 25 to 29. <laughs> you know, right. it's such a small window right. where you get good enough that, like, you could. Uh, you know, you can you, you you know what you're doing to the point where you're uh, succeeding professionally, and you know, and so it's not a large window where you've gotten good enough that you can compete in those high levels, but then also know like you're knowing all the things you need to know at the same time. So it's not just the athletic part of it. You get old enough to the where you can wrap your head around a lot of these mm-hmm. things that maybe you couldn't when you're 20. You know, and then so you get to like you're 34. Like I, I don't remember how old Muhammad Ali was when he was still fighting, because he, you know, he, he won the championship stripped from him because he didn't go, didn't want to go to Vietnam and fight, and then he came back, he won the title, and then he lost it, and then he won, won it again, so he won it three times. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, he's old. Like when he fought George Foreman, the jun- the Rumble in the Jungle, yeah. it's like he didn't fight like Muhammad Ali used to fight. Now, as part of what you're saying, like I wonder with like that kind of thinking is like. You know, it, being old and fighting all these younger people, more more you know talented, maybe more athletic people, you know, changing changing your swing or changing your style is almost like uh, a new mountain to climb because you know you're you're ha- you, you you're not 
because of your physicality, you're not the same as you used to be. So, like, instead of retiring when he was at the peak performance, now the new mountain is, how do I compete with this body against the kids that have my body when I was 25? So, I don't know if that's... If yeah, that's it, 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 it could be. You know, your your body starts breaking down. You can't do the things But that, that you gives you another mountain to climb. It does. I'm saying. Yeah, but, I mean, I'm hard sure... Quit, I think. I'm sure when Michael won his last championship... And then he came back with the Wizards. And, and from what I understand, it was kind of like the reason behind that. And I could be wrong, but from what I've read was just to put himself in position to have ownership of a team. So it was like, that's the next mountain of yeah. becoming of. So it, you do kind of put in these type of nuggets to where it's just like, okay, I got a nugget it's to like catch. A new equation. A nugget to catch. Even when you and I boxed, we, we were consistent six, seven, eight weeks. And every single week... I would, I would take video and I'd go home and I didn't tell you this. I'd sit there and I'd study it for like an hour because I was like, okay, I'm going to get him in the ring and I'm getting punches thrown at me. I don't like that. So how can I analyze my form, my technique, and then analyze you as a boxer? And towards the end, before I took the pretty big punches from you uh, that jacked me up, I, w- I was going into, like, when we would spar, there was a level of confidence that I was stepping in. Like, I, I felt confident with my defense that I was like, okay, I know there's going to be punches coming, but there's a nugget that I can reach because I know I can get better. Well, and I think that you your style is, like, you could always just get away from somebody, no matter who you're boxing. You're really good at that, like, just dodging and avoid avoidance. But another way to steer it would be like, okay, well, how do I... You know, how do I become an aggressor instead yeah. of just a defensive fighter? And, uh, you know, that's that's a different mountain to climb, like we're saying. It is. About. It is. But but there were times where I was like, okay, I think I kind of have the hang of, of this. I can slip these punches. Here's a counter here. You know, I could set this up to, to here and this, that, and the other. But, again, it, it came down to there were nuggets for me to chase because I knew that okay next week's going to be a different fight you could you started getting aggressive i had to figure out okay how am i going to spar against somebody who's aggressive or how do i spar against somebody that's in the counter me and i'm trying to counter them yeah well not a lot happens in that case so one, <laughs> yeah. one, 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 i don't know i you always hear pe- people who are into fighting they always say you shouldn't even spar like we spar anyway but um it's fun i don't know anyway there's a level of confidence that at the end of the day there was a level of confidence that I was able to to pull from that, just knowing how to throw my hands and how to like that. If you got punched, it wasn't gonna wreck you, kind of like because yeah. there is some sort of art to like knowing how to take a punch. Like I don't think a lot of people have ever even been punched. I you mean, know? that last punch you hit, bro, you hit me. I walked right into your punch, man. I'm sorry, I, <laughs> sorry. And and it was just like it's not whoa. fair, everybody, because I'm a lot bigger than Kendrick. I just <laughs> want to point that out. And it was like I walked into it and I got smashed, and that was the first time like you had caught me. That was the cleanest that I think you've caught me. But is even like I was like I was mad at myself for allowing myself to walk in because I knew you were trying to set it up, right? And right. I walked right into yeah. it. But you forget in the course of sparring what Very you're trying easily. to set up. Yeah. It's, well. Yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a weird thing sparring because especially with somebody like me and you because you know, you're you're more new to it than I am. I've been doing it for a long time and knowing the level that cuz you you got better obviously. You got a lot better. So yeah. it's like I have to try harder at a certain point and then where to draw that line 
where to stop is like hard <laughs> to recognize sometimes. Especially if you hit me like three times, you know, I'm like, fuck, I got to step up my game a little bit. And then like maybe I just do it a little too far, you know, and I, I you know, I'm guilty. But that, obviously, you know, that that's the that's yeah. the risk, you know, and uh, it's just a, it's such a it's, it's fun, but it's just like it's all mental. It's such a mental for sure game. And you did, I would say, you definitely got a lot better. But it's one of those things that, you know, we haven't done in a while. We need to get back into it as soon as it gets warm here. Exactly. Because you, I, I was, I think I told you this before when we were actually out there. Is like, we took a lot of time off and I kind of, you forget like such dumb, simple things. Like how to move. I I uh, had a night where one, one, uh, one of my buddies was uh, saying they wanted to spar. And I was like, okay, well... Anyway, it kind of boiled down to I could use my left hand on their body. I couldn't couldn't really do anything else. But, you know, I caught a few more punches than I should have just because I hadn't done it in a long time. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's crazy how quick you kind of, and you do it three times. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, you get right, it's like riding a bike. You get mm-hmm. right back on it. But it is something that needs a little bit more maintenance than I may give it credit for needing, you know. Because I feel like, you know, I've done it for so long. Uh, since I was like in middle school, like I think I, I always think, oh, I got it. It's it's in there. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Yeah. But then you get cracked one time, and you're like, man, I need to revisit some of this. <laughs> well, that's the that was the week. I think the week that I caught you with three or four. Yeah, good we, counter it might have been like the first or second time we did it. And, and I then was after like, that, it changed. I'm like, damn, like I can't even hit him. So then that's when I really started going into like just analyze. It came down to you showed me like, hey, your your footing is off when you try to slip or when you try to counter because you don't have anything behind it because the footwork's off so it's just something just as small as footwork the structure of actually throwing a punch comes down to where your feet are at a lot of times yeah and what what you're going to start doing the jujitsu with steve and i right pretty soon i hope so yeah we haven't really been on it we need to. We need to do something in the winter and jujitsu's. Winter uh, winters are almost over. I there. know. I have been sad. Me and Steve got together a few times, but we've been bad about it. I, I was like sick for a little while, and uh, Lo was sick for a little while, and then it, like after that happened, it just didn't. We didn't want to. Uh, you know, they have a kid and everything. I yeah. don't want to like risk any. Not that it was COVID or anything. It wasn't COVID, but it was like cooties. Yeah, and then it's like you get out of the flow of doing it. We were doing it. We did it twice a week, a few weeks, and we were like in it, and it was fun and kind of you know that 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 like grace period of being an idiot from like forgetting everything had, had like kind of run its course. We were like back mm-hmm. in the flow of doing it, and then uh, you know just got out of got out of practice. He has mats out at his place. Yeah, you were telling me about that. We'll have to get after it. But sure. anyway, I've kept you for way too long. I feel like it's probably two hours or something ridiculous. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's like almost six o'clock. So appreciate you coming on. Cool. I appreciate uh, it, brother man. Do you have anything you want to promote? or? Uh, be sure to follow me on Instagram at Kendrick Coates. I'm sure you'll put I'll the spelling. The description. And then uh, YouTube where I put weekly videos out. I'm coming up on a year. I gave my, I committed to a year to putting out a video once a week. Um, after that year hits, I'm not sure where I'm going to go from there. But a lot of what I put out is uh, life tips, motivation, and education. So I do see myself pivoting towards the more educational route with the stuff that I'm going to be getting involved in. Um, in addition to that, I'm not sure Like once that does shift how much time I will have on the YouTube or Insta page. But those are the two platforms that you 
all can reach out to me on, ask questions. If any men are listening to this, there's a men's circle that I host once a month. Shoot me a DM. Be more than happy to send you the info. Awesome. Well, appreciate it, and uh, I'm sure we'll do it again. So I appreciate it, right. brother. Right. Have a good one.